time, fans, of edition of the Global Revolution, as always, with the coolest guys around, because we're bringing to you all of the wrestling, which may be fun under your radar. This week, we got not one, but two episodes of Beyond Wrestling Uncharted Territory to cover the first ever weekly independent wrestling show live going out there to all you people on, uh, oh, what's the site? Independentwrestling.tv, something like that. It's a good site. Very, very good site. Got a lot of quality material on there, including, yes, Beyond Wrestling and Uncharted Territory. It's a cool idea. We wanted to check it out, so we're going to jump right into it. And, of course, I say we, because I could not, would not, should not do this by myself. I'm joined by a lovely man. He's my friend. He should be yours. He's called Jeff. Jeff, say hello. Hello, everybody out there in podcast and internet land. Jeff here, Miz fan there, checking out some more Beyond Wrestling and Uncharted Territory with uh, some pretty uh, star-studded cards here. You got David Starr, Joey Janela, MJF, uh, Chris Dickinson, Chris Statlander, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Yuta, all on these shows. And it's going to be a, I think it's been a... Uh, Pretty good time, pretty fun time checking out this uh, new weekly independent wrestling show that Beyond's doing. It's really, really good stuff. We're going to get all into that and probably more uh, right here on the Global Revolution. Ms. Van, let's take it away. All right. We're doing episodes two and three. Watch the uh, first episode in an earlier edition of the Global Revolution. So now, yeah, we're going to continue along, just kind of see what the show's all about, see how it's progressing, mm-hmm. see if it's something we want to cover uh, regularly, so uh, we got our first match on episode two. It is uh, Aussie Open, who seem to be wherever we go now, um, taking on the team of Dominic Garini and Kevin Koo. I don't think I'm very, if at all, familiar with either Garini or Koo, but I thought they did a good job here. And you know what? Aussie Open, they might be getting the uh, Zack Sabre Jr. effect with me, where like, every time I see them, I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. But then, actually, they have a really good match. Even, uh, I don't know if I'll say even Kyle Fletcher, because I still, I don't want to watch any Kyle <laughs> Fletcher singles matches, but I don't know. The cumulative effect, I think, every time we see an Aussie Open, it's been a good match. And at some point, it just starts to add up. So, uh, so yeah, I, I was quite impressed by this. I thought it was very good. I think that is very fair, but uh, I still think a lot of the heavy lifting is done by... Uh, Dunkzilla Mark Davis, who is just a yes. splendid in-ring talent. Just, mm-hmm. just I, I could watch him run through people's clotheslines to clothesline another man and then come back and chop them like any day of the week, all the time. He's just, I don't know, Dunkzilla Davis is really good. He's, he he's really coming into his own, um, and I think he works. Um, I don't necessarily love uh, Kyle Fletcher, but uh, I, I think Davis works as a really good tag team partner, you know, the big actual strong heavyweight man throwing a lot of hard punches and chops and uh, slams uh, combines really nicely with uh, Kyle Fletcher bringing to the table some, you know, more super kick based like kicking strikes and doing a little bit of high flying here and there. I mean, Fletcher's certainly, I think, all right when he's not doing the bad heavyweight stick. That's the one thing that just <laughs> drives me up the wall with him. Other than that, I think he's a uh, he's a passable talent. Um, he's not great. I don't love him, but at least when he's not doing that, I.e. is very tolerable otherwise. Um, Sadkamp, uh, Garini and Koo, um, I only saw, I think, one other time previously. It was also a WrestleMania weekend show. I don't remember which one it was, but they took on Manny Fernandez and... God, I wish I could remember his name. His, his tag team partner. It was like a, just a random, like no disqualification hardcore match. 
um, where I think they got like I don't remember which one it was, but one of them I think got skewers in their head and the whole nine it was very oh it was a very bizarre match, very fun match, but a very bizarre match, and they were I think equally as fun here. Um, I think Koo Koo um, struck more with me. I think he's got a mm. he's got a bit of a, a look to him. Dominic Garini just kind of looks like your dad basically he just kind of looks like a dude but then he starts throwing german suplexes and stuff so he's kind of cool but Koo, i think is the more uh polished product right now i think he's got a lot of potential as well but they were a fun tag team and yeah this was this was i thought a pretty uh solid tag team match to kick off uh, more of our uncharted territory watching uh definitely big ups once again to mark davis who is the uh the star of this match i thought uh, yep, yep. I thought he did an awesome job as well. Uh, Aussie Open does get the hard-fought win here to continue their winning ways. I don't think, beyond wrestling, they don't really have any championships, aside from, like, the independent championship that goes across a lot of these uh, smaller companies. But uh, if they did have a tag division, you'd have to think Aussie Open would be in the uh, the running there. So uh, I have no idea if that's something that could be added. Doing weekly shows, maybe... Maybe it would make more sense to add those on. Then again, I don't know if it's in the brand of Beyond Wrestling to really do that. True. So, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there should just be like an independent wrestling TV tag team championship, like sure, there is a singles sure. title, and just let everybody, you know, you want if you're a singles person, you go after that singles title. If you're a tag team, um, you go after the tag team title. Let this sort of spread around between, you know, Beyond, Anarchy, uh, AIW, um, Limitless. There's a freelance. There's a whole bunch of a uh, promotions all kind of associated with the IWTV uh, brand right now. So maybe both a, a singles and a tag team title would be uh, to their benefit. I certainly think it would. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see uh, a cool argument for that. So, uh, yep, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Move along in the show. We get uh, a promo. We have David Starr and Joey Janela having a face-off. Uh, Starr calling Joey Janela a coward. Reminds him he beat him in the death match in uh, American Rana last year to become the official ace. The crowd says, not my ace, um, which is very topical, of course. Star calls himself the independent professional wrestler, and also he has a tag partner for tonight, and it is MJF. And I love MJF. That's very cool. David Star assumes that Joey Janelle will call on his usual partner, Penelope Ford, but in fact, it's Chris Dickinson who terrifies the heels they run away, so got Chris Dickinson, scary, intimidating guy with his terrible nickname. He's out there, and he's he's going to be Joey Janela's partner. And for some reason, they're called Slither. And that's a reference that I don't understand, and I don't know if I'm supposed to. I, I think I, I remember Slither was like a, a horror movie from a few years ago, and that's the only thing I can assume it is in reference to, because it was also very gross and nasty, if I recall, which is very much fitting for Chris Dickinson and Joey Janela. So uh, yeah. if it's not that, then I couldn't tell you what it is. But um, that's what I'm just going to assume. They're now the tag team of Slither, apparently a long time in the making, Janela and Dickinson. And they're taking on arguably the single greatest tag team in the world. And you know it, MJF and David Starr. So that's good. That 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 tag team right there is is incredibly good. Uh, yeah, these seem to kind of be the four main people, like the four central people of Beyond Wrestling, at least in these early shows. A lot of the only real kind of story advancement, what little there is, seems to revolve around them. So um, I'm cool with that. I maybe would like if there was a little bit more of that, but uh, between the four of them, yeah, seems to be going pretty well. 
Mm-hmm. Indeed. Plus, I mean, you know, I really like MJF. I really like David Starr. So uh, any chance for them two to get, you know, an opportunity to shine, even if it's in David Starr's uh, slightly less good heel form, um, I don't know. That's something I'm going to be uh, intrigued by. So so good on uh, Beyond for jumping on those two talents and utilizing them in that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely so. Uh, we move along to our second match of the night. Solo Darling taking on Wheeler, Utah. And I got to say, this is one of my favorites on this whole set here. I, I thought it was awesome, super fun. There's some highly technical stuff, almost world of sport-like stuff in the beginning. Both wrestlers really just keep turning it up with uh, bigger and better moves as they go along. Real feeling of a uh, struggle between them. Solo smacking down Wheeler's face down onto the hardwood floor at one point. Very cool. Uh, Solo taps out to the SDF in this one, but not before a really hard fight, which honestly, I felt like she was on the way to winning. So I, I was surprised that Utah pulled out the victory here. But uh, mm. just more proof, Wheeler Utah, very good. Solo Darling quietly becoming just really one of the best wrestlers out there. So big props to her once again. Absolutely. Solo Darling continues to basically just – Every time she impresses with something new, some different way to sort of express herself in the ring this time, getting a little bit more on the technical side of things, you know, going hold for hold, basically, with Wheeler Yuta here, especially in the opening uh, round. Wheeler Yuta, apparently one of the better, uh, younger technical uh, superstars coming up. I don't know a whole lot about Wheeler Yuta, but I have certainly heard his name said uh, plenty of times, definitely heard him in a lot of conversations um, and I do believe he's actually on tour with WXW right now, so we might see a little bit more of Wheeler Yuta in the near future when we get back to some WXW coverage. So, uh, yeah, big ups to him, and he uh, does come away with the uh, well-earned victory in this match. And afterwards, says that before uh, this man goes off to uh, compete in uh, AEW, maybe, you know, rise his star and talents elsewhere, Wheeler Yuta wants a match with the man who is essentially his mentor and his icon, Chuck Taylor. Before he goes off and does that, he wants to face him in the ring and beat him. You know, afterwards, he'll buy him a drink at the bar. They'll have a good time. They'll shake hands. They'll be buddies. But before then, Wheeler Yuta wants him in the ring, and he wants to tap him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I love that. We're, we're, it's weird to be in a generation now where, yeah, we Chuck Taylor can have, like, fans young enough that they, they were – in high school watching. Yes, like inspired uh, uh, by Chuck Taylor to wrestle, but uh, time marches on, and uh, it's a cool connection. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we will get that next that match on uh, episode three. So we're going to cover that right in the same show. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we have the second match of the Discovery Gauntlet, which is basically uh, week one. They took two kind of unknown talents to be on wrestling. The one who wins gets to keep going. The winner was Mick Moretti of Australia, who we know from uh, – some Chikara appearances and uh, maybe one or two others. Very, very talented guy. Uh, he keeps changing his look, and he's harder and harder for me to recognize. Here he's wearing, like, baggy pants, and he's still got the, the shaved head and just looking totally different than uh, what I usually think of with Mick Moretti. But uh, he's wrestling somebody called Tristan Ty, I think is the correct pronunciation. Um, and, yeah, I, like, I, I, I couldn't even really tell you too much about uh, Ty here, because really, to me, this is about Mick Moretti, and uh, even though this was a good match, it was definitely a good match, my only complaint is that it felt to me really obvious that Moretti was going to win, 
It felt like they dragged it out a long time when it kind of felt like maybe a more decisive victory would have been, uh, I don't know, more in line kind of with what I was expecting. So that's my only complaint. Uh, I think it's a cool idea, the Discovery Gauntlet, and I'm definitely a big fan of Mick Moretti. I think the problem for us is specifically we've seen Mick Moretti. He's, he's a King of Trios finalist. This is not necessarily like an actual unknown who needs to be discovered, at least for us. So every time they bring in somebody in, it's like Mick Moretti versus you know Tristan Ty, Mick Moretti versus Gabriel Sky, Mick, Mick Moretti versus uh, Alex Tavares next week. It's like, yeah, cool, but that's Mick Moretti. Right. That's, He's, he's a human, he's a person. He's not just like, you know, just some random dude. Like, he has a character, he has a story, he has, like, experience. He's been on the big stage. He was at King of Trios le- weekend last year and almost won the thing. He's he's not like this unknown quantity, at least to us. So this this doesn't quite, I mean, it's it's a great spot for him. He gets to come in, he gets to wrestle, he gets to impress the you know, wrestling fans. I kind of like, I, I kind of see the arc that they're going on with him, and I, I kind of dig it, but at the same time, it's like, you can't be sticking Mick Moretti against, you know, guys who might actually be uh, nobodies with a lot of potential to do stuff in the future and be like, ah, oh, this is going to be a very even matchup. It's not, because that's Mick Moretti, and that's somebody else. doesn't matter. Mick Moretti's going to beat them because Mick Moretti has a great look, great character, great personality, he constantly shines in every match he's in, just looks like a million dollars every time. Um, he's already a polished product, so, like, it, it kind of begs the question as to why we're kind of having to sit here and do this. Not that it doesn't mean the matches aren't good. I thought, uh, both the matches, uh, Mick ends up having were both very fun bouts for very different reasons, but, um, it's just, it, it, it's, you have Mick Moretti, and then it's literally just somebody else. Mm. And it, it's kind of presented as if, you know... Maybe we shouldn't know who these people are. Maybe we shouldn't be aware of who these people are. But when one of them is, once again, King of Trios finalist Mick Moretti, it's, it's just kind of hard to to kind of suspend that disbelief, I guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly so. And I think that's borne out, uh, even if you didn't know Mick Moretti, the talent of Mick Moretti is, like, apparent very quickly. And mm-hmm. it's just, to me, it's, like, obviously above the guys that he's wrestling. Not that he's wrestling... Guys that are bad, you know, these are... Oh, yeah, these are... Aren't, he's not facing chump wrestlers. It's not no. like they suck or anything. They're very talented. I like Tristan Ty. I think he's got, you know, he, he was throwing some solid kicks. He had some nice uh, work here with Moretti. Uh, we'll talk about Alex Tavares on the next episode. You know, it's not like they suck. It's not like they're bad wrestlers. They're just, like I said, Mick Moretti is very clearly a polished and basically finished product, as it were. Like, he's got all the tools available to him. He kind of knows how to present himself. You're like, these are all things that are readily apparent upon literally one match viewing of Mick Moretti right now. Yeah. And the guys that he's in there with are very clearly still, you know, maybe building themselves up, you know, trying to find their footing as characters or as wrestlers. You know, what style do they actually want to work? What style is going to work best for them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they still have things to work on, and Mick Moretti basically does not. And that is just very readily apparent when they get in the ring and you watch them do their thing. So, you know, it, it, it's it's just very obvious the uh, gulf that uh, resides between Mick Moretti and the people he's been uh, facing in this Discovery Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, a bit of a, a cognitive dissonance there, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, Mick Moretti, uh, again, picking up that victory. 
he's going to stick around for an additional week. So the only question is, yeah, who who the heck will ever get Mick Moretti out of this Discovery Gauntlet? Like, seems like if it's the same level of guy that he's facing, he'll win it indefinitely forever. Um, Basically. Yes, and apparently um, I, he tried to do this forever. I, I didn't specifically write it down, but at some point in one of these shows, I think uh, Denver, Colorado, the man, not the place, um, who runs Beyond Wrestling, came out to say, like, we're going to do this show in this building literally forever. Like, we'll never, Till the day stop he dies, this. he said. So, Till the day he dies. And yeah. everyone chanted, please don't die at him, which was great. Which was great, indeed. But, yeah, I mean, they're really they're really devoted to this. And I think, I, I don't know, I don't know if I like this show enough to watch every single week. I'll just be honest, because I'll tell you what it is. I, I don't know if the storyline stuff is where I want it to be. Like, the matches are all great. I'm a story guy, though, and that's kind of what I'm looking for. So I don't know if I want to watch every week, but the passion that they are putting behind this project is so, so palpable and so endearing that I kind of want to watch it just for that alone. So I'll, I don't know, I'll have to make a call about how often I'm going to be watching Uncharted Territory, but there's a lot of pluses about that, and that that's a big one to me. I think right now where I'm personally sitting, um, we'll probably talk about this a little bit more after uh, episode three and maybe getting more into the meat and potatoes of Uncharted Territory. But um, right now where I'm sitting is I would probably watch it every week. I don't know if I would want to cover it every week because mm. I think there's a difference between you know being able to put your eyes on a product and then being able to you know have enough passionate things to say about said product. That's why we like Chikara and covering Chikara. That's why you like – and covering uh, WXW, things like CMLL, Stardom, Dragon Gate when we can, um, bar wrestling when that pops up. We we enjoy those products enough to not just watch them, but then want to be able to turn around and say, all right, now let's talk about this. Let's engage in some conversation about the things that are happening, not just the matches, but you know the storylines, the character progression, things of that nature. Uh, right now, I'm really enjoying Uncharted Territory. I've had a blast watching these two shows and, and the first one as well, but right now, at least as it's as it's in its infancy, maybe it's trying to find its legs, I certainly want to keep watching it, but I don't know if I have enough uh, things to say about it really to be able to cover it every week. But this is only episode three, still very early on, still finding their footing, and as Ms. Fan said, a lot of passion behind this project right now. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see if that continues. We'll have to see if that grows. Maybe, once again, kind of like a lot of the wrestlers in the Discovery Gauntlet. Maybe they're still trying to find their legs, you know, find what works for them, what they want to add to their shows, maybe what they want to take away from their shows, et cetera, et cetera, trying to find that nice balance as to what they want to put on uncharted territory so we'll see if that continues see what happens further on i think they've got a great cast of uh talents and wrestlers in the promotion and who they you know choose to bring in and stuff like that that they can find you know a really highly entertaining product in there but we'll just have to see then kind of cultivate that as they move forward with uncharted territory mm, indeed indeed um, all right, cool. So, so fair enough with that. Uh, we do go on to the next match. It's a tag team match. It is uh, Penelope Ford, and uh, she's gonna have a tag team partner to take on the what are the the Platinum Honeys? I think the Platinum Honeys, yes. Retrosexual Anthony Green's valets, and uh, I have to say, I guess I'll talk about this more in the next match. But I don't know if I really get Anthony Green. I know I think some people are very high on this guy, but I don't know. Putting that aside. 
know before it, uh, I think she could beat these two kind of by herself, and she might be right because they're not they're not usually wrestlers, like as far as I know, but maybe aspiring to be wrestlers or maybe they have wrestling abilities that I, I don't know about. But uh, she does have a tag team partner, and it's Maria Manic, and uh, the the Platinum Monies they do all right for a bit, but then Maria Manic kills them. So so yeah, that that was this match, and that was uh, the match. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, I, for a hot second, got the Platinum Honeys confused with the, uh, Killer Bays that we've seen in, uh, Bar Wrestling. <laughs> so, uh, and similar, I similar vibe, yeah. Similar vibe, but the Killer Bays, uh, definitely, uh, probably more polished wrestlers at this point, so. Mm-hmm. W- once it kind of struck me that, oh wait, that's not who this tag team is, yeah, and then they immediately got killed by Maria Manic about the same time I had that realization. It was like, oh, okay, that's why. That, that That's why this is happening. This was fun, um, I kind of liked some of the character stuff shown by the uh, the uh, Platinum Honeys. There was at one point the one with the bigger uh, rear end basically had a uh, bulldog done onto her posterior, which was like, oh, that's actually kind of that's that, that's kind of cute. That's 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 a that's a fun character thing. I I enjoyed that. And then Maria Mana came in and like tossed them both overhead, and then hit a double choke slam, and then threw them on top of one another and pinned them. So was basically this match it was very good fun uh not exactly a uh exciting thrilling bout of wrestling but but i thought a very fun time either way yeah i appreciate having a match like this uh when every match is the same kind of like competitive exhibition showcase then that's very tedious so yeah let's let's establish somebody as being like on another level as opposed to somebody else every once in a while that that works for me uh definitely so uh, this segues uh, immediately in because Anthony Green's already out there and he's in the next match and uh, he's checking his Platinum Honeys when everything goes red and then we don't see anything because of, uh, I assume, some copyrighted entrance music and then Gangrel is there and he's opponent. Yes, that Gangrel, yes, he's still wrestling and yes, he's actually pretty good, uh, especially for his age. I, I don't know how old he is exactly, certainly in his 40s. Maybe older. Um, I don't know, but uh, he's still got a good look. He's still a solid wrestler. Um, yeah, I don't know. This didn't completely thrill me, but it was really more, again, kind of about Anthony Green, who I just I don't know if I understand what appeal he has. Like he seems fine, just not someone I'm really gonna get excited about. So I guess that's what I'm waiting for still. But this is a, this is a fine match, all things considered. I uh, I just. Anthony Green's all right. Yeah. The thing is, that's kind of that's kind of it. And now, now I'm I'm gonna be honest. I haven't heard as much hype around a metrosexual ag or retrosexual ag. Yes. <laughs> my my apologies to Anthony Green. Retrosexual ag Anthony Green. I haven't heard as much hype, but I I I guess like I'm pretty sure we've seen this dude in Chikara, if, if I'm not mistaken. I think maybe last season or the season before that, right? Like he was, he showed up for like a hot second for a few shows or something. I swear I've seen this. There's a, there's like a little group of people that like DL Hurst is one of them. A couple other people that I just don't, uh, you know, they're they're kind of in that mix. I can't tell them apart. So yeah, that's, that's true. Um, (laughs) Perfectly fine wrestlers. Just, they don't, they're not memorable. Don't really do much for me. Like, yeah, like I guess he's got an all right look, but in the ring he just kind of he just kind of exists like everybody else does. Like yeah. I don't. So the fact that he was chosen to get to take on uh, 
vampire warrior David Heath Gangrel, whatever name he's going by legally these days. Um, this was, I, I gotta admit, I wasn't super uh, impressed with this match the longer it went on. It felt like it was a very long match. Um, cool to see Gangrel, you know, getting up there and doing some spots. It's still proven that he can at least go, but yeah, this one did not particularly uh, wow or enthuse me overall by the end. But Gangrel did get to hit the Impaler DDT, and that in, in and of itself was was good enough for me. So yeah, this was this was all right, I guess. Yeah, yeah, not not really one of the standout matches to me, but uh, that's <laughs> all right. That, that can happen sometimes. Uh, we do get our main event, as promised, David Sarr and MJF taking on Joey Janela and Chris Dickinson. Um, and I gotta say, MJF, man, uh, he, just by his character work alone, is so often the MVP of whatever I see him doing. He is great. I love his team with David Starr. I thought they were both great, just awesome. Uh, Janela and Dickinson, they did well too, but to me, yeah, David Starr and MJF, Really stood out here. I thought they did phenomenally. They they cheated. They bounced off one another. They they apparently came up with uh, some the the Gabe's. I, 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 that might be a, a Jewish thing. I have literally no idea I, what they're. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was like a weird Gabe Sapolsky thing or I I couldn't. Yeah, some some big great American born. Um, <laughs> What was the E? What did the E stand for? Entertaining? Entertaining uh, Semites, I think it was. Something like that, yeah. So <laughs> That in itself was weird. I didn't quite get it, but uh, I, I enjoyed their pre-match banter with uh, the the announcer. I enjoyed just their character work together. There were times where they were kind of yelling at one another to go do stuff, and they didn't really want to do it, but there were other times where they were working like a well-oiled machine and had a plan. And they really just they just have a really great chemistry together, I thought, MJF and David Starr. So definitely want to see more of them as a team. They were highly entertaining um, throughout this entire match. Chris Dickinson and Joey Janela try as they might try um, as they could. They were uh, just just indeed very gross, very, very in your face. Um, throughout this match, Chris Dickinson in particular. I, I, I did like the bit early on where um, it was very uh, very adult-oriented, but um, just just the fun <laughs> thing, or at the beginning of the match, Janela says that after he win- after Slither wins, they're going to go, fuck some cougars, which they immediately turned around. If you were watching uh, Penelope before does this happen, she actually closed her ears, like, in shock, and Janela was like, you know, <laughs> I, I don't really mean it, but, you know, very fun part, only to afterwards then... Have Janela immediately scream, yeah, and Penelope will watch. Just like, <laughs> what is happening here? What is going on? This is awful and yet somehow great. I don't get it. Um, mm. they, they did pretty fine work here. Janela working, getting his knee worked over throughout this match. Fun sequence involving the uh, figure four leg lock um, that I enjoyed. But, um, you know, as this match went on and on, you know, it increased in level till eventually was a uh, smiled ref bump followed by a low blow to Chris Dickinson, uh, allowing MJF and David Starr to pick up the victory here. So, so good on them winning this match. Good on them as a tag team. Definitely enjoy them. Really want to see more of them. Absolutely. So, and I got to say David Starr, congratulations on being the, uh, Super strong, or no, wait, what is the, what is the progress? No, that, that's super strong style 16 uh, yes. is determined. So Winning that in, 
in a tournament where almost exclusively WWE employed people were winning. He he came out on top of it. So mm. so either uh, he secretly signed and he's working everybody with this like independent wrestling gimmick, or he's just that good. And it could be either. It could be both. So good on David Starr. Love the guy. If he does get signed, I'll be sad. But uh, I couldn't blame anyone for signing him. So could be some good Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Now. This also brings up a very uh, interesting point, because I think during that same weekend, yes. uh, Walter ended up picking up the Progress World Championship. True, true. So now, by David Starr winning Super Strong Style 16, it gets him an opportunity to take on Walter for that title, and maybe, just maybe, we'll get that elusive victory over him this time. I don't know if it'll happen. No idea. Um, but but that definitely is going to add another wrinkle to their to their long running rivalry, and you know I love that shit. Man, I don't even want to watch Progress at all anymore. But if they do Walter versus David Starr, I might just have to resub for like one month of Progress. The one show, yeah. the one show <laughs> for for exactly um. one show. Yeah, because I gotta say I didn't really have any interest in watching like the Super Strong whatever it's called. None of that stuff, but yeah, Walter versus David Starr will get me pretty much anywhere they do it. So, all right, fair enough. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, yeah, so that that wraps up uh, episode two. Didn't get any commentary on this episode. I think the original cut had some technical problems. So, fortunately, that's what it seemed to, like because you know. they were at uh, points of the show where you could actually hear the commentary team talking from the commentary booth, mm-hmm. but uh, it was very soft, very muted, very much like it was the live audio feed and not the commentary feed, so definitely seemed like some uh, technical snag, but that's all right. Sometimes that happens. Life goes on. Mm, yep, indeed. Uh, glad they are able to still post the show. Uh, so we get episode three. Uh, Chuck Taylor versus Wheeler, Utah, that premise match starting off the show. Again, I really like the story. Uh, weird to me, again, that Chuck Taylor is old enough now that people could have been fans of him when they were, like, children. But, uh, yeah, he, he wanted to wrestle Chuck Taylor. I love Chuck Taylor. Anything that puts Chuck Taylor up on that place where I think he deserves to be. Um, mm-hmm. They have a great match here. This is another one of my favorite ones, really, on the whole, whole set this week. Um, and uh, I knew it was going to happen. Because Chuck Taylor, I'm pretty sure, is just a wonderful human being. But uh, Wheeler Utah does get the victory, pins Chuck Taylor after uh, a great match, a very hard-fought competition. And uh, you just know Chuck Taylor's out there putting people over, being an awesome person. Uh, I love Chuck Taylor. He's great. Yes, indeed. Uh, this was a very uh, fun match overall. You know, some uh, technical stuff, some uh, some Boston Crabs on the outside and on the apron um, with some really nasty torque, especially on that mm-hmm. apron one. Ooh, that oh, was yeah. very not not pleasant sight. But uh, Wheeler Uter fighting through all of this, uh, doing the best he can. Did think he got a little bit uh, indie-rific after a couple of those holds and then kind of no-selling the work <laughs> on his knee. But it, well, it, it was fine. <laughs> um, he's a I product of environment, you know. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I don't know if uh, – if it was Josh Briggs or the other commentator just kind of pointed out the adrenaline might have been flowing through. So I, I, I guess that's fine. But overall, this that's was, I think, think a, uh, a really fun match, really entertaining, exciting stuff. Uh, really unsure of who was going to pick up the victory right up until Willie Yuta did get the pinfall on Chuck Taylor. So just good back and forth stuff here in the end. Yuta picks up that vaunted, vaunted victory that he wanted against Chuck Taylor 
Um, really good stuff here, as Ms. Van said. Probably one of the best on the set overall. So mm-hmm. give that one a look. Absolutely do. Give a lot of these matches a look. Uh, a lot of really good ones on here. Um, we have our uh, next Discovery Gauntlet match next. And again, it's Big ready just kind of taking down a guy that really doesn't maybe seem to be quite on his level. Um, it does sort of limit, I think, how good Mick Moretti is able to be because uh, he could really be wrestling any of the top guys on these cards, uh, or the top gals too, for that matter, and, and really be putting out some potential classics. So, um, you know, I, I hope there's some satisfying payoff to his run in the Discovery Gauntlet, but I also hope it doesn't take too long because I would like to see him wrestle real people who, you know, maybe actually their names I might recognize. So, so yeah, that's my hope. Yes, indeed. Uh, Alex Tavares, his opponent here. And I honestly thought Tavares had kind of one of the best showings so far that we've seen of everybody. Gabriel Sky probably coming in a solid second, but uh, Tavares looked uh, pretty all right here. He had a, he had a springboard, like rope-hung blockbuster that he hit. was really bringing it back and forth with uh, Mick Moretti. I, I, I was fairly impressed by him, but he's he's not he's not Mick Moretti, and that's just the sad the sad truth of life. None of us are Mick Moretti except Mick Moretti, and by God, is he good at being him. So <laughs> he ends up picking up the victory here, cuts another. He's so – I wish they'd stop having Cam Zagami uh, uh, interview him because he, he so hates it. He is so tired of this little man in his suit <laughs> coming up to him after these matches and asking for his opinion on life. So I um, did not realize that that was Cam Zagami until this episode. Is. So why is it Cam Zagami is my question because – uh, I'd, I'd kind of like to see Cam Zagami wrestling on these shows, all things considered. Yes, he's not, he's he wasn't such a, my, a uh, little little man. Uh, I don't know why he's doing the like Ken Reznor, Ken doll thing. Yeah, so I don't know. But uh, and it's so it's so funny because he also like he emotes super well when Mick Moretti's like getting in his face and yelling at him. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I I would really much. I'm really hoping that part of the payoff, maybe not the necessarily end result payoff, but part of the payoff is at some point uh, Mick Moretti versus Cam Zagami, because I think that has a, a lot of uh, fun potential for a, for a match kind of building off of this stuff. But um, th- this was a good match, and I think I, I get the feeling that eventually, especially after this promo where um, afterwards Mick Moretti says there's no need for a discovery gauntlet. You don't need to discover anything. The treasure is right here, and I'm going to be here forever, forever, forever. <laughs> um, very fun uh, stuff there. But I, I'm just getting the feeling that eventually either he's going to pick up enough victories or impress enough that they basically say, all right, you're just, you're, you're, you now work for us. You don't need to do this Discovery Yama thing. Get out of there so we can find some other talents. That's, that's kind of where I'm assuming it's going to go at some point. Cause otherwise, like, A, that's, that's, that's just kind of where it has to go. If this guy picks up enough victories and just beats all of these new people you bring in, at some point you just gotta sign him. Um, A and B, that, that really I think would, uh, very much gel with that promo. You know, you don't need to discover anything. I'm already right here. There's no discovery needed. The treasure is right in front of you. It's me, Mick Moretti. Like, I think that would be a very satisfying payoff to that particular line and train of thought. So the sooner we get him out of the gauntlet, the better, I think. Not, you know, out of the gauntlet and sent back to Australia, but out of the gauntlet and made a potential full-time roster member of Beyond. Because as Ms. Fan said, you know, you've got David Starr, you've got MJF, you've got... 
um, just just anybody on that roster. Um, I think McMurray could have an exciting match with Chris Statlander. You've got Jordan Grace. You got Solo Darling, Wheeler Yuta. Um, there's a lot of people McMurray could be mixing it up with in there, and I think all of that would be significantly more um, interesting and entertaining than his still admittedly very entertaining matches in this Discovery Gauntlet. So the sooner we get to that, the better. Uh, yeah, I, um, I'm i down with all of that. Uh, I will say that, yeah, I mean, however you look at it, I think Mick Moretti has a place in Beyond Wrestling already secured. So um, at this point, yeah, it's just a question of how long can he run this gauntlet. Um, so I guess we'll see. I will say a really hard time imagining, like, Babyface Cam Zagami versus Mick Moretti because <laughs> some people, I'm not saying he couldn't because I've been surprised before, but he's got like that Sammy Guevara thing where like you just look at his face and it's not a baby face. It's like a punch face. Like you, you need to punch that face. So I don't uh, know. Who knows? Now it, that it you said happen. that, yeah. my, my hope for this upcoming King of Trios is MJF Cam Zagami and Sammy Guevara as just <laughs> the world's most punchable trio because – they would have a very fun time, I think. Please, uh, if you're listening, uh, Quackenbush, Rimsburg, uh, Sydney Bacabella, whoever's actually running Jakar, I don't know. Uh, if you're listening, please, please consider that for, for me, please. Thank you. Very nice, very nice. Uh, we move on to a bit of more story-driven match. We have MJF taking on Chris Dickinson, and I'm sitting here and I'm just asking myself, why don't I like Chris Dickinson more than I do? Is it just the nickname? I get a weird vibe from this guy. Is it the weird thing where he possibly injured Kimberly, but maybe not like a few years ago? I, I don't know. Something about him just like, like the pieces are there for a guy that I, I probably would like to like. And I don't dislike him, but I don't know. There's just something that kind of holds me back on him. I don't get it. MJF, though, he is a treasure. Uh, they're having a pretty good match here when uh, Richard Holiday was an MJF uh, associate from, I think, uh, other places in the indie scene, comes out, beats up Chris Dickinson for the DQ. Yes, indeed. This was a good match, and I'm very much there with you on Dickinson. I've enjoyed his Chikara work immensely. I think he's been a very uh, uh, drastic change of pace for that company, and it provides just a really nice, uh, just just something different for Chikara to work with. But otherwise... Yeah, I'm very much um, – I don't necessarily have a problem with the nickname as much as you do, though it is a very gross nickname. It's, but it's not weird. The, it seems, like, creepy and, like, sexual and yes, abusive or something. I don't know. It just strikes me really badly. And I, I think it just – I don't know. Chris Dickinson just has kind of a vibe about him, and it's just not a pleasant one and not in a way where – you know, like an MJF or a Sammy Guevara Kamsagami where you want to see him get punched in the face because that's just kind of how his personality is. No, this is just very, I don't know. He comes off as like an actually gross person. I don't know how to otherwise say that. Um, and I just, I kind of like you, I want to like him more. Um, he's got a lot of, you know, entertaining uh, moves in his arsenal. He wrestles really well. I enjoy actually like watching him get in the ring and do his thing. Um, but I just don't know if I can get, uh, sold on him, basically. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I just, I, I've never had a super pleasant, uh, vibe. I've never gotten a super pleasant vibe from, uh, 
from Mr. Dickinson here. So, yeah, I, I definitely feel you on that. Uh, I, I don't know. I really just don't know. I just don't don't like kind of the energy he brings, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Just something about it. Some some intangible that's not working for me. So, I don't know. Um, but there there is some stuff that does work for me. Like I said, this, I thought this was a good match uh, while it was going on. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was good. I'm glad to see MJF's uh, associates showing up. I don't really know them that well, actually, but I want to know them more. Um, I really want to see. Have you ever seen this guy? Uh, I think Alex Hammerstone, something like that. You know what I'm talking I about? Don't, the name sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't believe I've actually seen them. No. Uh, he's another one of this guy. And man, when you see him, you'll be like, is that a slightly more jacked Mr. Touchdown? Like being a hoss? Like, I don't the The resemblance is Ooh. uncanny. Um, but yeah, I, I really want to see that guy. So I'm hoping he shows up as well. Excellent. Hopefully he will be, uh, I mean, if more of MJF's pals are making their way to, uh, beyond wrestling, we can only hope. We can only hope. Indeed. Indeed. Um, all right. Yeah. We get our next match on this card, which, uh, my opinion was another very good one. It is Davian taking on Chris Statlander, two people I like, two people I want to see more of. And lo and behold, yes, they have a pretty great match here, I thought. Um, Davian, really the kind of, I, I really like Haas wrestlers. Haas female wrestlers are a bit, rare so uh you get to see her do a lot of cool stuff power based just clubbering people around chris Statlander, obviously very charismatic she's got some really good stuff in her arsenal as well uh, a, lot of, a lot of good stuff in this match i was enjoying it for sure heck yeah this was a uh, lot of brawling in this match a couple of power moves thrown here and there a uh, really just a clash of uh characters and styles here that i thought paid off really well davi and uh this is, I think, only my second time, even my third time, being able to view her. But she is very much uh, uh, just kind of the wrestler I like. You know, no nonsense, gets in the ring, throws some bows, throws bodies around. Just just kind of a great, you know, hoss worker. You always got to enjoy those, you know, the big bodies in wrestling. Just, just kind of doing their thing, being big wrecking balls that you can't stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Statlander, I don't know. I'm just completely enamored with her. She's a lot of fun. <laughs> She's... Um, yeah, she just got the, kind of got the weird gimmick. At one point in this match, I don't know what it was. It it worked for me, but the thing was she like, they called it like a double wet willy self poke on commentary where she took uh, Davian's hands, you know, extended her fingers out and then like jammed them into the side of her head. It was uh, very weird, very bizarre, but for whatever reason, it actually works. Um, at least for me, it did. Um, yeah, so this was a very uh, very fun match, very exciting match. Didn't know who was going to pick up the victory. Um, you know, once again, just a good back and forth. I kind of like that when you have a match where you can't quite tell who's going to win when you have two very solid competitors like this in the end. Um, and what I thought was kind of a mild surprise. I know she's kind of, uh, the big, um, beyond wrestling, a uh, woman superstar currently, but, uh, I thought Davian was kind of on the way to picking up the victory at the last second when suddenly, uh, Chris Statlander actually does. So, so good on that, but, uh, gotta talk about what happened afterward. And I've actually seen, uh, not not necessarily the match itself that comes out of this, but apparently a very high stakes match. As uh, afterwards, Chris Stadlander going out to Kamizagami for an interview. When Damian continues to attack her after the match, first hitting a baseball slide, then going out there to continue an assault on her. When who else but Solo Darling makes the save for Chris Stadlander and fights off uh, Damian, you know, pushing her away, fighting her off. Um, Apparently, um, they do have a match on a later episode of Uncharted Territory, and I uh, 
like I've said, I've seen a few stills, seen a few photos, and apparently that match is uh, um, very wild. So definitely want to see uh, what comes of that. Solo Darling versus uh, Damien. Well, and a little bit of a, a little bit of character stuff, a little bit of storyline progression kind of here. Um, Solo Darling sticking up for, I guess, a friend in Chris Stadlander, going to lead into a match with uh, Davian, who is very sore about losing this match. So so some kind of seeds for maybe some more storyline-driven uh, stuff here in uh, Beyond Wrestling. So, mm. cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely down for that as well. A lot of talented people involved in that scenario. Um, I will say, though, I hope it's not just the women just kind of get all grouped together in one little group, because they're also out there having kick-ass intergender matches. So, actually, my two favorite matches on these episodes are both intergender matches. So, so let's keep that ball rolling as well. Some really great stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Did we ever have any idea why Anthony Green was out here for this? He he was just... Chilling merchandise next, I guess. So. Okay, all right, yeah. I didn't even really write anything about that, so that was odd. Again, I don't really get it, so it's all right. Uh, our next match is right out of Chikara. It is Ophidian taking on Rory Gulak. Um, Rory Gulak maybe wouldn't be my first pick to export from Chikara, but he's kind of been around the scene a little bit more, so maybe he has a little name recognition. Some people really like Rory Gulak, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, uh, we do get Ophidian out there, and he's wearing his non-Chikara gear, which uh, is pretty cool. It's uh, very different than his normal gear. Props mm-hmm. to uh, his wife, Kate Nix, who is uh, incredibly good at her job, making that gear, doing a wonderful job. Um, yeah, uh, I'm still just not that into Rory, um, but he does get the win. Again, because I don't know, I think he just has some some name value or something. But I don't know, it's a good match. Not one of my favorites necessarily, but I do like that Ophidian uh, is getting chances out here, and I hope he gets to come in again and uh, do some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Ophidian, a very talented wrestler that uh, we haven't really seen. Feels like we haven't seen enough of recently. I feel sure, like sure. like he does things in Jakara every so often. Hopefully, he gets back on kind of being around super frequently. I know he's a trainer at the Wrestle Factory. I don't know how. Uh, and I know he kind of does other things in wrestling, but I feel like I never get a chance to actually see them. So anytime Ophidian gets to gets to wrestle is always a good time by me. Once again, like you, not very much into Rory Gulak, but everybody else seems to enjoy him. Um, Josh Briggs made a uh, very terrible, uh, amazing pun, which uh, his commentator friend uh, did not appreciate at all, which I appreciated. Mm. Um but, yeah, this match was – I thought it was all right. I thought it was a fun time, uh, mostly because Ophidian's here. Um, they did do some uh, fun back-and-forth work towards the end of this match. And uh, Ophidian got to hit the uh, powerbomb uh, double-knee backbreaker, which uh, he does, I think, better than anybody ever has because it always looks like death when he does it. So, yeah, so, some pretty decent highlights in this match. In the end, Gulak picks up the victory, and then uh, things go downhill very fast for him. Um, I I also remember that spot specifically because uh, Josh Briggs on commentary I think uh, got injured doing that spot and Josh Briggs has been very good on commentary overall I really want to say that he's actually been uh, quite charming I thought and when he saw the move just the most endearing little noise he made he was like oh (laughs) don't do that move (laughs) like it was such a um, like quiet uh, desperation in the voice. Of, yes, of Josh Briggs. it was great. He's he's very fun on commentary. Yeah, he always I, wants to I talk like about uh, 
the Undertaker, and he's, his commentary buddy like refuses to let him. He's got a couple of good clips. I think. Uh, I think it was. I can't remember if it was the uh, the second or the third match in the uh, Discovery Gauntlet, but one of them, I think it was the I think it was the third one where the guy apparently uh, played uh, handball in uh, in high school, and uh, for whatever reason, this very much excited Josh Briggs. He wanted to talk about his favorite uh, his favorite handball player. Um, which is great. He's he's very he's very charming, as you said on yes. commentary. He's just a lot of fun. Got a lot of weird sort of character quips that he throws in here and there. He's good. He's very good. I enjoy hearing him on these uh, these shows. He's he's a fun time. Yep, yep. He's super super endearing. I uh, like the guy quite a bit. Um, after this match, yeah, somebody named Chuck O'Neill is out here to attack everybody. He doesn't like this uh, cheesy. Wrestling Ballet. stuff, he's going to be violent, and uh, I don't know, I feel like I've heard this before, I don't really know who Chuck O'Neill is, but uh, I guess I'll give him a chance. He, he did look very ripped, I will say. He looked like he was very sure. in shape and sure. could absolutely, uh, he probably could have murdered Rory Gulak. I don't know about Ophidian, but he probably could have murdered Rory Gulak, and um, yeah, I this is, was kind of generic stuff as uh, Josh Briggs, very upset, talking about commentary, uh, he was very upset that he... Uh, uh, this Chuck O'Neill fellow called uh, what uh, Rory and Ophidian did uh, a ballet uh, something or other. He was very dismissive of it, and then Josh Briggs was very dismissive of his dismissal. And I don't know, I kind of appreciate that. Anyway, Chuck O'Neill is here to uh, make wrestling something again, I guess. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, so we'll have to wait and see what comes of that. He cut a very charismatic promo, so maybe he's got some uh, potential. So we'll we'll see. We don't know this guy. Apparently he was around for Beyond early on and then hadn't appeared for a very long time. So we'll see what he brings to the table. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we get our main event at last, which is Orange Cassidy, one of our favorite guys, taking on Kylie Ray, talent I know of but have not actually seen before, I think. Uh, signed to AEW, no less. So good to finally put uh, uh, a face to the name. Um, they end up wrestling for that uh, independent wrestling TV championship, uh, formerly the Powerbomb TV independent championship. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I got to say, this is definitely one of my favorite matches on the set. There's a lot of great stuff going on here. Orange Cassidy, if you don't know, is uh, like this lazy, like lackadaisical old guy. Doesn't like to try real hard a lot of the time. He wrestles with his hands in his pockets. But when it comes to it, he can really get it done. Really phenomenal performer. Um, does a lot of unique stuff. Kylie Ray, for her part, is sort of a Bailey-type gimmick, except not, you know, destroyed by terrible booking over the past several years. So, so still charming and not, like, kind of sad. So She really uh, does. She is, yeah. She's apparently smiley Kylie Ray, and she really does have a very nice smile. So Indeed. she very much uh, fits this character. Um, had a couple of goofy things here with uh, – with uh, Cassidy early on, which basically culminated in a uh, thumb war as the two of them continuously thumbsed up each other and I guess got offended by it and then proceeded to have a thumb war with one another. And it was great. Um, and then they sort of turned on the heat and actually got a little bit serious as this match progressed. Um, Kylie Ray had this just, just like killer sequence. So she had like two sit-out power bombs back to back and then hit a Canadian destroyer. And I was 100% certain 
that was it. It was over. She had just won the title, and I would have thought she had completely earned it because she was great in this match, a lot of fun. Um, you know, very much like Orange Cassidy, could very much balance between being a sort of fun, goofy, silly character and also be a very serious in-ring uh, competitor and wrestler as well. I thought she did great here. Um, but in the end, Orange Cassidy, using the mousetrap, uh, manages to tie up uh, Kylie Ray and hold her down for the three count to pick up their victory and retain his independent wrestling TV championship. So mm-hmm. good match, just really exciting, really fun stuff all the way around. Covers a lot of different kind of genres, basically, of wrestling. There's a little bit of submission stuff, a little bit of power stuff. At one point, Orange Cassidy, I believe, hit the world's like wildest blue thunder bomb. Um, whereas the commentator said Kylie Ray seemed to float in the air for like a second or two before just like spitting down to the mat. It was great. Um, yeah, just a lot of good, different, unique stuff in this match. Once again, highly recommended. In the end, Orange Cassidy wins and retains and is now on his, I think, 13th or 14th successful defense of the championship yeah. uh, coming up on a, a Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, I guess, record of 18 defenses. Um, so we'll see if uh, Orange Cassidy can get to that mark. We'll see. Yes, yes, we will see. Um, like I said, great match. Really loved this one. One of my favorites. Big standout. Love Orange Cassidy. Really liked Kylie Ray. Ah, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on in uncharted territory. And yet, again, like, like you said, we got to go into the meat and potatoes here a little bit. I like certainly if I had all the time and the money and you know everything, uh, I would certainly watch uncharted territory every week. I think it's a very fine show. But with limited time, limited money. And, yeah, needing to do this show and uh, speak about things that, yeah, I'm going to be consistently hyped up about. I don't know if it's quite there. I really want it to be there. And I think I'm going to keep checking it out sporadically. But watching every week and covering it, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just don't see it. Not not quite yet. Yeah, I think what it's definitely missing is uh, a lot more story-driven stuff, a lot of more character-driven stuff. They Like, I, like I've mentioned before, they have a very good cast of characters and wrestlers they seem to be bringing in a lot of like very interesting unique people every so often uh, just through these three episodes alone we've seen a lot of very highly talented highly different uh, wrestlers and you know it's always good to check out not only big names but kind of these smaller growing names as well and it has a lot of that but the one thing it's really lacking that um as regular listeners will know that really grips both Ms. Fan and i it's you know that storyline, that character work, that uh, progression, that storytelling, that plot, basically. And unfortunately, right now, in the infancy of Uncharted Territory, it is a little bit lacking on that front. A lot of matches just kind of happen for the sake of happening. Um, and that's, that's fine and all, but, you know, there's something to be said about being able to add that sort of extra element with, you know, a storyline, a rivalry, an issue, uh, you know, two people maybe wrestling each other, even if just randomly, but having like different goals or things that they want to actually achieve other than simply wrestling a match against one another. Um, that's, you know, WXW has that. Chikara has that. Lucha Underground had that. Uh, there were times in a TNA when we were watching it where TNA had that or Impact Wrestling, whatever the hell it is, I never remember. Um, you know, the, the things that sort of grip us in that way, Stardom has that, Sendai Girls, you know, can sometimes have that, even though we don't necessarily watch their shows 
beginning to end necessarily, but they have, you know, a lot of that sort of dramatic element that I think Beyond Wrestling is currently uh, lacking right now. A lot of great action, a lot of great characters, a lot of great wrestlers, and a lot of passion, certainly. But there's that sort of just dramatic element that they're missing right now. I, for one, like I said, I was certainly would not mind watching this on a weekly basis. But once again, covering it is, a, I think, a slightly different beast entirely. So if I were to watch this, you know, maybe try to kind of chill out, let her play on the laptop, let her play on the TV, um, you know, and be able to watch it every so often, like, that would be fine. But I don't know if necessarily I'd be clamoring to be like, oh, we've got to watch this and then we've got to be able to talk about it every week. Right now it's good. It's not quite great. Uh, definitely hoping... Uh, for the best for Beyond Wrestling, because uh, I think something like this is very cool. Um, I don't want to seem like we're too down on it or anything, because we're certainly not. We enjoyed a lot of matches from this stuff. Uh, we think it is very good. And just in general, anything that gets more independent wrestling going on, especially on a sort of, you know, a first time, you know, weekly show basis, is very cool and very good. And I, I love the passion of Denver, Colorado, and everybody at Beyond about really wanting to do this. But. Once again, it's kind of in its infancy. It's going to have to find its footing, kind of find out what it wants to be, where it wants to go. Um, and right now, it's certainly a fine product, but it's not maybe the product necessarily for us here on the Global Revolution as it currently stands. Yeah, definitely something I think we'll keep checking out, but probably not every week. You know, I just that that's just where I'm at with it right now. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Hope to see uh, them add that story element because I think that's the only thing they're really missing for me so they have great talent uh they got that great energy just just need some kind of more story stuff to sink me into it so mm-hmm. so yeah we will keep an eye on it and uh more mcmoretti less anthony green let's say it like <laughs> that more mcmoretti less anthony green that, that would be my request as well I, I definitely dig that um all right that's everything beyond wrestling related we want to talk about uh anything on your radar my friend i know uh Dead or Alive, I think, is uh, right, like, today or something, maybe? Like It actually close. happened this morning, as oh, we record right. this on Monday. It actually happened this uh, Monday morning. I yeah. thought they might have another day or two, but apparently it happened today. So um, it should be up on uh, DragonGate.live or DragonGateNetwork.live uh, right now. So if anybody is interested in that, if anyone's been following DragonGate, I definitely highly recommend checking it out, because Dead or Alive is typically one of DragonGate's best shows of the year. Um, I also know uh, WXW is kind of getting back into itself. It's got True Colors coming up. I think they just uh, released today as well uh, their Road to a yep. True Colors show out of, I think it was Bielefeld, I believe. Um, so that's up. It's got, you know, some stuff involving, you know, Rise, Marius Alani, Ilya Dragunov. I think Wheeler Yuta made his uh, WXW debut on this show as well. Um, definitely look forward to all of that stuff. Um, and yeah, I think that's going to cover it for me. Dragon Gate WXW kind of coming back into their own. Got a couple of shows going on. So yeah, be on the lookout for those. Yep, yep, absolutely do. We will cover uh, all of that and more, I'm sure, in the coming weeks uh, for now. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. If you want to shout us out, we're on Twitter. I'm at SpectralGent. He's at Big Def Energy. That's B-I-G-D-E-F Energy. Give us a shout. Give us a follow. Also, check out the other great programs on LOP Radio. Got a lot of great ones. Doc says, Perfect 10 Wrestling, um, Right Side of the Pond, uh, Sports Entertainment is Dead, uh, Kingdom of Honor, and uh, I don't know if there are more. There's definitely the uh, All About All Elite show that is uh, from myself 
and co-founder of this show, Shane, a.k.a. Mystic. Um, and yeah, I think that's everybody. Plus a special, like, 7 million listener show special. 7 that is coming million listens yep. to us here on LOP Radio. Thank you to everybody who has ever downloaded, who has ever listened to one of our shows. I do believe it is this upcoming weekend. Um, if you listen to the other shows, I'm sure they'll give you a specific date. Unfortunately, I don't believe either Ms. Fan or I are going to be able to make the uh, recording or airing of that episode. Very unfortunate, but uh, some schedules kind of conflict. But once again, we want to thank you. Anybody who has ever listened, who has ever downloaded any show on LOP radio, um, check out this weekend as we do a special 7 million listeners, special edition involving a lot of our LOP all-stars coming together and having a good talk. Um, Be on the lookout for that. uh, And thank you once again. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Seven million listens, very impressive. It's been uh, quite a ride over the past several years, so thanks everyone for that. Also, lordsofpain.net and lopforums.com for a lot of great written material. Please check that out. Please join the conversation. A lot of really, really great stuff happening on there. Columns, uh, threads, conversations, all sorts of awesome stuff that you can check out. So, uh, yeah, that is everything. So thank you very much for listening. Until next week, we have been The Global Revolution. See ya.